you found a message that was delivered at Living Streams Community Church in McCordsville, Indiana. We are praying the time you invest hearing God's Word encourages you in your walk with Jesus and inspires you to share Him with others. If you want to learn more about us or send us a prayer request, visit our website, livingstreamscc.org. Thank you for listening. You can take your Bibles and turn to John chapter 8, but we're going to start at one verse there, so... And I'll have it on the screen for you if you, uh, if you need that. Um, so Christmas is here, and, and I think we can all agree that uh, the Christmas season is a season of light. And, you know, uh, neighborhoods all over the country, every year, they get decked out. People deck out their mailboxes, their houses, their trees, their shrubs with all kinds of lights. Every year, we, we go around as a family. We drive around to different neighborhoods and see what people have come up with this year. Um, you know, you can go and find professional light displays at Christmas. The Indianapolis Motor Speedway has one at the zoo. I think it's in the top ten in the U.S. now. Uh, New fields or the state fairgrounds, you know, if you want to go pay to see these lights, you can go and see them. And I hear it's, it's pretty amazing. Uh, there's a house down in New Palestine by where we live, and we drove by that a few nights ago. And it's, I mean, everything has a light on it. And, and these things are dancing around, and, and we, want, we were kind of curious, so we went up in front of the house. They had some signs there, and um, in the, in the, in the, on the sign it says to tune to a certain radio station and to enjoy the show. So we tuned to the radio station. It's playing Christmas music, and all of a sudden these dancing lights are dancing to the music on the radio. I mean, it was pretty cool. Now, the radio station must be coming from that house because when you drive away, it goes to static. So pretty cool, you know, what they're doing. But you know what? It got me curious about what people are doing with music and Christmas lights. And I found this little video on the Internet, and I just wanted to show you. Can you relate? <laughs> I just can't believe, you know, some of those things. I'm like, are these, are these real you know, what are they doing? I mean, that's got to take a year to plan that kind of a thing. I can barely get lights on, on the one tree we have outside by our porch. So this is a season of light that uses light to celebrate the season. But it can be so easy to miss the greatest light that ever came into the world. The greatest light. You know, Jesus, if Jesus had a house in your neighborhood and it was decorated for Christmas... I believe it, had, it would have one candle in the window, and that's it. You know, so everybody's passing it by and not, not really paying it much notice. It's not going to win any Christmas light display contest, but that one light has the ability to do things that no other light can do in the world. That single candle can cast out darkness in your life, past, present, and future. John 8:12 is where we're going to start today as we try to keep Christ in the center of our Christmas focusing on him as the light of the world. This is read it together, okay? Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, "I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life." Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're so uh, grateful to be together this morning and 
to be able to sing of this time of year and the, the love that you uh, have given to us in the gift of your son uh, to celebrate him and his life and all that he did for us. We thank you uh, for the light that he brings uh, to our world and to our life uh, and the light that uh, casts out darkness inside of us. Uh, as we talk about him today, Lord, as we focus our hearts on him as the light of the world, we pray what you would do, uh, you would do what only you can do and cast out that darkness from our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I think, you know, it's so amazing how Jesus can say so much in just a few words. You know, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows after me, no more darkness, but will have light in their life. I mean, that just says so much. You know, light has one big general purpose in our lives, and that is to to dispel darkness. Light makes our lives livable, you know? Now, Jesus' light is the most incredible light that has ever come into this world and that ever will come into this world because of how it dispels darkness. It, it can do more dispelling darkness than any light that has ever existed. And it's his, his light that we need in our life because of the darkness that it can get rid of. First of all, Jesus' light is full of power. It's full of power. Now, there are some pretty powerful lights in the world today. Some pretty powerful lights. Um, Most of that power is uh, happening in the form of a laser. Okay, There's, there's lasers being developed all over the world that are super powerful. Now, there's one laser that you can buy... That it's the most powerful laser that you can legally buy. It is a one watt laser. And uh, it looks like a lightsaber. And you can get it, you can buy it, and it will cut through paper. If you, you know, you can, it'll cut through a matchstick, it'll burn a hole in a piece of pizza. It comes with a warning it says, do not aim this at a person or an animal or a car or an airplane. You can buy it on wickedlasers.com for $200, but make sure you buy the goggles with it. I wouldn't want you to get hurt. Okay, so that's a one-watt laser. But I read about a 10-petawatt laser, a 10-petawatt laser being developed in the world uh, by a team of scientists, and they just fired it this last May. Okay, now a 10-petawatt laser is equal to 10 million billion watts. 10 million billion watts. So to put that in perspective a little bit, if we can, a one petawatt laser was also developed and it was equal to 100 times all of the power in all of the world's power plants. All right, it was nicknamed the Death Star. That was a one petawatt laser and they fired a 10 petawatt laser. And so it's opening up all kinds of possibilities for new technology and medical research and in nuclear, in the nuclear industry with getting rid of nuclear waste. 10 petawatt laser will vaporize matter. 
So somebody in their basement somewhere is developing a Star Wars laser, you know, that you can put on your hip to put in our arsenals. You know it's happening. You know it's coming. When you look at the 10 petawatt laser, it fills a room like this. You remember the old computers, right? The old IBMs that had cooling systems under the floor. And now we got them, you know, in our pockets. It's coming. You know, it's coming. The 10 petawatt laser on your hip, vaporizing matter. Lord, help us. I bring up this laser because it's powerful, but Jesus' light is more powerful than a 10 petawatt laser. It is the only light that is available to us that will extinguish darkness in your heart. 10 petawatt laser cannot do that. It's a light that works in your heart. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 6 says, For God who said, Let Let light shine out of darkness has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Now, that's one powerful light. What do you see when you look at Jesus? What do you see? You know, the Bible says he wasn't much to look at. In Isaiah 53, it says there wasn't any beauty about him. There there wasn't anything to attract us to him. Nothing about his external appearance. We would have said, whoa, he's somebody to follow. So what do you see when you look at Jesus? Do you see a good teacher? Do you see a spiritual wise man? Do you see a miracle worker? A golden ticket to heaven? None of those will let his light shine into your hearts. None of those. In John chapter 1, verses 1 to 18, you know, John, John was Jesus' best friend on earth. And he wrote this about his best friend, how he began his letter. It says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So when John looked at his friend Jesus, he saw God. He saw God. Now, he referred to him as the Word. In a few sentences later in that, in that passage, he says, The Word became flesh. And dwelt among us. So the word is Jesus. So he's saying Jesus was there in the beginning with God. And even being God himself. And everything that was created was created through Jesus. And in him was life. And that life was the light of men. And then in verse 18, John wrote that nobody has ever seen God. But Jesus shows us what he looks like. Jesus shows us. Hebrews 1.3 says he's the radiance of God's glory. So Jesus is glowing the glory of God. He is the exact imprint of his nature. Jesus is. For the light of the world radiating the glory of God for all people to see. He's not hidden from anybody's eyes. Anybody can see if they look at him, but not everybody recognizes him. Even the people that saw him with their very own eyes did not recognize him. You know, we often, um, we often talk about 
how creation, God's creation, gives us a message about how awesome the creator is. You know, it gives us a picture when we look at the sunrise or the sunset or uh, zoom in on it or zoom out on it and we see the heavens. And it just sends this message to everybody that there is a God and he is awesome. But in all of that majestic, beautiful detail and design, it cannot get us to where Jesus can get us. All it can tell us is God is there and he is awesome. But Jesus takes us the rest of the way. So everyone in the world who is alive is given this general revelation of God that that he's there. You go to any culture in the world and there's an element of spirituality. It's built into our hearts and the creation calls us out. That's general revelation. But not everyone gets the special revelation that Jesus is God. And that through him there is life and light For your insides. For your insides. So what do you see when you look at Jesus? When you look at how he was born. When you look at how he lived his life. When you look at what he did and what he said. When you look at the way that he treated the people that the world shuns. When you look at the compassion that he had for people that were uh, ignoring him. Or just wanting something from him. When you look at the way he died, an innocent man, you know, betrayed by a friend, arrested, tried, found guilty, taken and paraded through the streets of God's city, hung on a cross naked while people shouted at him, hey, if you're God, come on down and prove it. Now you might think, well, why didn't he do that? I mean, if he was God, why didn't he just stop all that craziness? Well, there's a simple answer. Because he loved us. Because of our darkness. You know, on the cross, that's the only place that darkness ever beat up on light. That's the only place. The only place. And he did that so that our darkness could be taken away. First John chapter 1, verse 6 says, If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. So who are we lying to? Well, we're lying to ourselves. We're lying to ourselves. If, if sin still rules the day in, in our life, that is a way to say we're walking in in darkness, if it doesn't bother us to do wrong things, if if it's not, you know, overpowering, we're walking in darkness. Even if we know about Jesus, if we, even if we know what He did on the cross for us, and say we believe in that and agree with that, if sin still rules the day, we're still walking in darkness and we're lying to ourselves. And so it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how much we try to shine our light in the world. It doesn't matter how much church we do. It doesn't matter if we get baptized. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if we're, you know, serving or singing or, you know, being the, the trying to be the light. It doesn't matter. None of that matters. If we're walking in darkness, Jesus isn't our God, and His power, His powerful light, has not reached down into our hearts and cast out that darkness. Now, John chapter one, First uh, John chapter one, verse seven starts with an important word, but it says, "But if we walk in the light, as He is in the light." 
We have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. It casts out all darkness in our lives. So what this means is we're no longer hiding from God or from each other. We have looked on the Son of God and believed that He is the light of the world and His light has come into our hearts and it's cast out darkness in there and we no longer carry this burden of guilt and shame over how we're living our life, who we are. You know, as 2 Corinthians 4, 6 said, we look Jesus in the face and we are not shunned. We are not sent away. You know, looking somebody in the face is, is how you know you're being real. Think about that. You know what happens when you're sitting at a stop sign and you're sitting there and it's your turn to go and this person over here, they pull up and they go. Have you ever noticed this? Check it out. This happens. So they go and what do they do? They don't look at you. They look the other way. Every single time they look the other way because they know they're doing something wrong. What this is telling us is when we get in God's presence, we're not looking the other way. We're able to look him in the face. Sin and all. Because he loves us. Because he died for us. And provides that forgiveness and that burden is lifted away and we can look God in the face and we see him. In Jesus, we see, we see God. This light is so powerful. It works in our hearts. And it, it, it also shines in our past. It works in our past. This light. And no other light that can do that. There's no other light that can shine anywhere but today. Jesus' light, it shines into your past. So everything you ever said that you wish you could take back, everything you've ever done that you regret... All washed away. His light washes it all away. No 10 petawatt laser can do that. <laughs> Jesus' light cleanses us from all of our past darkness. And so when we follow him, we enter this whole new life of light. It's a whole new thing we get to experience. So when you look into the manger, we approach the manger, we sing here, we say things, and they're truths about God and what he's done and this whole reason for the season. What happens when we look in the manger? What do we see? Do we see God? What happens when we look in the mirror? What do we see? Do we see somebody that's received the light of life, that the darkness has been extinguished, and we're called his own, we're called his child? Is that what we see? We're able to look God in the face, letting his light shine in us. Not because we came to church, not because we got baptized, not because we serve or we bless somebody at Meyer today, but because of what he did on that cross. Blood shed so that our sins could be forgiven. What do you see? His light works in our heart. His light works in our past. Has his light worked in you like that? Do you know about that powerful light? Wouldn't it be be a good day today? Wouldn't it be a good day today to turn to the light of the world and let his light shine into your life, to look at him face to face? 
and just receive his love and forgiveness. I'm telling you, there's a whole new life to live. It's all going to start from the inside because the, the light just can't stay in there once it gets once it gets in there. So Jesus' light is full of power. And Jesus' light is full of practical. Now I can't decide whether that's good grammar or not, so let me... Let me explain what I mean. You know, practical gifts, they rarely get the, the bang that you want when someone opens a Christmas gift, You're at, right? You know, it's like buying a blender, you know, gee, thank you. You know, that, they rarely get that, thank you, you know. But uh, later on when those gifts start getting used, every time, oh, it's like, I'm so glad I got this blender. You know what I mean? Um, so it's like the gift that, that keeps on giving. Well, I found a stocking stuffer for you. It's full of practical. All right. If you find yourself outside in the dark, I mean, you, you want this. It's just a flashlight. But it's not just any flashlight. This is the flashlight that ends all darkness. That's what it says. It's the advertisement. It's a 32,000 lumen flashlight. So to tell you what that means it's like holding 2100 watt light bulbs in your hand okay i mean this is going to light up the side of a mountain okay you know if you're if you're in trouble you can shine this in somebody's face hit the strobe button and they are not going to be able to get you i mean it's just that powerful you get 168 hours out of one charge on their rechargeable battery now the only problem with this stocking stuffer is the price it's like a 380 dollars flashlight so I felt like that was a little impractical, and I didn't want you to be disappointed. And so I have, um, I have some lights for you. They'll be back there by the offering box. You can take, take these home with you, and maybe you'll, uh, you'll uh, take that out and, and use it. it. It doesn't look very bright right here, but I promise this is, puts out some lumens. <laughs> but my main reason for giving it to you is that I hope it reminds you of the light of the world um, that comes into our lives. But here's the thing. Jesus' light is every bit as practical as a 32,000 lumen flashlight. Um, John called him the word there in John chapter 1. Did you know in Psalm 119 verse 105 it says, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. All right? And so it's not too far out, out there to make the connection between the light of the world... And the light that we get from his word for our lives. It's full of practical. The Bible is. Now there's people out there that is going to say that's nonsense. You know the Bible is just nonsense. You know it's, it's got some good things. But it's full of errors and contradictions. You can't really trust it. You know it talks about God creating the world. And everybody knows evolution is the way to look at that. Where we came from evolution. Everybody that's what they teach everywhere right. The Bible has all these stories in it. You got to be uh, crazy to believe. I mean it's for lunatics. You know that there's a, a, a boat that this guy made. And that his family got on it. And saved him from a worldwide flood. That's just foolishness. Bread from heaven and feed a bunch of people. That's just crazy. Uh, a baby born for, to a, a virgin. I mean, what are you people believing? Those stories are all in the Bible. You've got to be crazy to think there's anything practical in this book. Well, I just want to tell you this morning, pay those people no mind. All right? Just pay them no mind. The only problem they got is Jesus' light hasn't shined on the inside yet. 
All right? Just not yet. So they don't have any faith to look at this as God's word, that it's full of truth. God's word says of those people that the world will believe that this word is foolishness to them. But for those those who believe, it is light for their day to day. Now, I brought with me a special Bible today. And I call it the uh, Charlie Burgess NIV. Now, Charlie Burgess was my father-in-law, and he passed away in 2003 after fighting uh, cancer. And uh, I thought of his Bible uh, when I was thinking about how practical things are because his Bible's full of handwritten practical things. And if you go through here, I mean, he's got pages and pages at the, at the end of it. This says discernment. Uh, this one says exhort. And then there's a bunch of Bible uh, verses there for you to go and read. Evangelism. Um, how to know the will of God. Uh, Christian growth. Encouragement. And just Bible verses to go and read about those different things in your life. And then here's a page. Because I think he might have got tired of writing. <laughs> And he made a stamp. And so he stamped all these practical things from our lives. And he put it in. There's another page just like that. And I, I, you can't see it. So I made some PowerPoint slides so you can see what, what it reads. It says, when you want peace and rest, read Matthew 6, 31 to 33. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear for the Gentiles? Seek after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. That can be light when you're in that dark place. Here's another one. Uh, When the world seems bigger than God. Now, he's got the whole Genesis chapter 1 creation account in there. I just put, and God made the beasts of the earth according to their kinds and the livestock according to their kinds and everything that creeps on the ground according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And then he said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. When the world seems bigger than God, go read about how he created it. Then here's another one. And when you leave home, uh, for for travel or, or for labor. He says, read Psalm 121. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. Um, he who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. And then it keeps going. And when you want uh, Christian assurance, read Romans 8, 1 to 30. Prayers, uh, when your prayers grow selfish. Um, for a great invitation or a great opportunity, go read Isaiah 55. When you need courage for a task, read Joshua 1. Uh, how to get along with your fellow man, read Romans 12. Um, when you think of an investment or, or returns, go read Mark 10. If you're depressed, read Psalm 27. Um, if your pocketbook is empty, <laughs> read Psalm 37. If people seem unkind, read John 15. And on it, and on and on it goes. You know, Charlie, this was his, but he would buy boxes of these. And he would write all that stuff in every one of them. 
And on the last page of the Bible, right after it says, The grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's people. Amen. He wrote right here, This book was marked for you by Charlie Burgess, who, praise God, will richly bless your life in Jesus' name. And I haven't looked at that for a long time. Um, But it is so full of practical things. Have you ever thought about doing the same thing for yourself? It makes a great Bible study to search the scriptures on something that's practical for you and find out what the Bible says and then write it down. So find out what the Bible says about fear and then write that down. Find out what it says about worry or about heaven or temptation or loneliness or discouragement or anger or forgiveness. Find out what it says and write it down somewhere like your your Bible. So you can go and read it again and again because it's full of practical things. The light of the world can light your every day if you'll go and read it. Now Jesus' words or Jesus' lamps, they were not 32,000 lumens. They were, they were pretty, pretty dim. And just enough light to cast on the path that you're walking. Just enough light for the next step on your path. That's how he is. That's how the word is. It's a practical light. Gives you light for the next step in your life. And so this word is a book for the everyday It's for the everyday. And when you receive just what you get for the next step on your journey, when you get that light, you know that the light of the world is lighting your way. That's pretty amazing. His light is incredible. Shines in our hearts, works in our past, lights up our present. But we're not even done. His light lights up your future. It is a light that is full of promise. You know, when I write a letter from the church, which I don't do very often, but sometimes I do, um, I sign my name, Greg Rubel, lead pastor. I always put the title in there so the people know, all right, that at least at Living Streams I have a title. You know, um, Jesus, he wrote a letter to the church to, to prepare us. For what life was going to be like before he came back to get us. It's called the book of Revelation. And and I know that there's different interpretations of how that book describes, you know, what life's going to be like. But you know the beginning of it and the end of it are pretty straightforward. Pretty straightforward. In the beginning of his letter, we find out that this letter is from Jesus to his church. And at the end of his letter, we find out he is victorious over all of his enemies. His kingdom comes and his servants will reign with him forever. And he signs his letter in Revelation 22, verse 16. He signs it. He says, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you about these things for the churches. I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright morning star. So that's the last title of Jesus given in the Bible. The bright morning star. Now the morning star 
is actually a planet. It's planet Venus. So when the sun is just beginning to rise, and, and the, after, that, after that long, dark night, the morning star is so bright you can still see it shining after all the other stars are gone. And so it stays around shining into our lives all the way until the sun takes, takes over. And so for a time... Every day for a time when night is not quite yet done and morning is not yet quite here, the bright morning star is the only light shining down into our lives. And that is just a beautiful picture of hope and of the faithfulness of Jesus. You know, every now and then I'm out during that time of the morning and I get to see the bright morning star and it always reminds me of the light of the world. And it speaks to me about my future, about where I'm headed when the darkness in this life is completely gone. And we're going to be living in a perpetual light, the light of God. And there won't even be such a thing as dark or night. Have you heard about that? Have you heard about that place? Have you read about it lately? I want to read it. I want to read it to you. It's in Revelation chapter 21. Um, Here it is, verses 1 to 5. Listen to this. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them. And they will be his people and God himself will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And there will, there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne said, look, I am making everything new. And then he said to me, write this down for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. And then the chapter, it keeps going and it gives us a description of what our new home is going to be like in the new Jerusalem. And then he gets to verses 25, 22 to 25 and it says, I saw no temple in the city for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. And the city has no need of sun or moon for the glory of God illuminates the city and the Lamb is its light. The nations will walk in its light and the kings of the world will enter the city in all their glory. Its gates will never be closed at the end of the day because there is no night there. Can you imagine that? I always say nothing good happens at night. Go to bed. We are people of the day, the Bible says. And we're headed for a time where there's no more night, no more darkness, no more tears, no more crying, no more sorrow, no more pain, no more death. The day when he has made all things new. And I'm telling you, that day is coming. Like Christmas is coming, that day is coming. It's, it's just not on our calendar. It's on God's calendar, but it's not on our calendar. That day is coming, and it's coming for those who have trusted in Christ as Savior, who have looked at him in the face and said, he's the Son of God, and his work on the cross is for me, and I'm going to serve him with my life. That's who that day is coming for. And so we're waiting, aren't we? We're waiting for that day. 
And I want you to wait for it with more longing than Christmas. It's the day we're going to look up and we're going to see the bright morning star. But, it, but now, right now, while we're waiting, and we look up and we see that bright morning star, it's a reminder to us that right now we are in the in-between. Okay, we're, we're in the in-between. Night is not yet done and morning is not yet come. That bright morning star is shining down on us right now. And I'll tell you, time in the in-between is not an easy time. It's not. In the in-between, we still have to struggle with darkness. And sometimes it feels like the darkness is winning. You know, our sins, they seem too big or too numerous in our lives. And we think, man, I'm walking in darkness again like, it, like I never even knew Jesus. And we go through uh, times like that. Will he still love me? Will he? Will he still forgive that? Our emotions, they, they are dark. They, they, uh, they are producing darkness in our life. I'm walking around in the cloud. The sun will not come out. Where is it? I can't get rid of it. I, I can't buy the brightest flashlight to get rid of this darkness that I'm feeling. I can't go see the best Christmas lights ever and get rid of this darkness that's inside of me. My emotions are creating darkness. Our bodies create darkness. Our physical bodies as we struggle with, with pain. You know, last night I saw a video of this lady. She's 92 years old and she says, yeah, your bones ache. I mean, that's, that's us getting older. I mean, how, how in the world, you know, man, I'm 52 years old. If I get to be 80, I got 30 more years in this model. I don't know about that. It can bring some darkness. And then, of course, our world is, is full of darkness. We live in a time when Jesus' words are being fulfilled from John 3:19. He said there, God's light came into the world, but people loved darkness more than they loved the light because their deeds were wicked. We see it almost every day on the news. So we're struggling with all this darkness in the time of the in-between. Does it feel like the darkness is winning today? Physically or emotionally or spiritually in your life? I have, I have some good news for you. Because there is... There is hope. How much light does it take to get rid of darkness? That much. (laughs) Maybe even less. And I I don't want to be trite or simplistic about it this morning because it's hard. To struggle with darkness. But I want to I want to encourage you to stop struggling with darkness and just turn to the light of the world. Just turn to him. Just like a little child coming up to the manger and seeing God in the flesh. Turn to him with your sins. And believe that he loves you. That he'll forgive you. Even if you believe that sometime in your life and you walked away. He didn't walk away from you. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. He is following you. The only thing you can do to get rid of that darkness is to turn to the light of the world. How about your your emotions? 
You know, repression's a hard thing. I don't think I've ever been depressed before, but I sure have been down. And I think the only solution to that is the light of the world. The light of the world coming in and shining your life. Just a reminder that he is Emmanuel and he is God with you. If you can't get out of bed, he's going to stay there with you. He's not going to leave you. He is the God who stays. And then our bodies... You know, every ache, every pain, every moan, when you just try to get up from a chair, is just groaning for the new model. Because it's a promise. That grave is empty. He rose from the grave. He defeated death. He got a new model. And believing in him, he promises to give us one too. It's a little light to help you keep going in this model. We're just longing for that. I think the word says to be swallowed up by life. Well, let's have our worship team come back up. And I just want to encourage you to turn to the light of the world today and let him shine. Look him in the face. Trust his love. Tell him how you're feeling. And believe he can shine out that darkness in your life. And we so thank you so much for your love and your salvation that has come in Jesus Christ. And we thank you for opening uh, Olivia's eyes up to her need for you and her life. And and for leading her to taking that step of faith, to trust in you uh, for forever. And so we pray, Father, for those here today that, that need to do that, that you'd open their eyes to your marvelous light, that they might look you in the face and realize that, that you love them in, in the way that they are right now, and that you can forgive them and wash away all of their darkness, Lord. We pray they would take that step of faith into you today, Lord. We pray for those that are feeling the darkness of in their emotions, in their heart, Lord. We pray your light might shine right into there, into that place where you can cast it all out. Let them know your hug. Let them know your presence and lead them through these days of, of the Christmas season, Lord. And we pray for us, Lord, as we're walking out into this dark world that the light that you've given us would just ooze out of us effortlessly and cast out darkness in the world. Give us eyes to see. Give us hands and feet to obey. In Jesus' name we pray and all God's people said, Amen. Amen.